Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Climbers, did you know that Michelangelo initially turned down the opportunity to paint the Sistine Chapel because he didn't feel that he was good? He had self-doubt. He felt he was a sculptor, not a painter. We all deal with self-doubt. And our guest today has overcome incredible hurdles, challenges, obstacles, and self-doubt like deformed feet, a speech impediment, a nearly fatal chicken house fan accident, a nearly fatal car accident, and cancer to go on to win the coveted Super Bowl ring as a strength coach for the Seattle Seahawks. If you battle self-doubt, you do not want to miss this episode. Welcome to the And This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need. It can't, it's just not about your talent anymore. You've got to prove that your talent has value and that you can make the needle move on your own. Whether you're a singer or a songwriter, an indie artist or an indie musician, you got to lay it down. You got to leave no doubt that this is where you're headed so everybody else can see that. And then they will come out of the woodwork to help you and move you forward. So I recalled it the climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a Baxter name from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who also happens to be an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. A couple number ones in Southern Gospel the last two, three years. He's got a top 40 recently in Australian radio, still making miracles happen. What I love about Mr. Brent Baxter is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular, he gives you opportunities to connect with the pros so that you can begin to monetize all that work that you did. You can find Brent very easily on songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Twinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. What's up, brother? Oh, my God, dude, I'm stoked about our guest today. I was at your intro, you had me at Chicken House fan incident. (laughs) And growing up in Arkansas, I'm surprised this is the first person I know of that has survived a Chicken House fan 
accident. So, do you like, know, they're hitting do, like, is this a regular thing? Chicken house? No, fans? I'm just sure there were many more of them. I'm just chopping uh, people's heads off for crying out loud. I don't know, but I'm surprised I've not heard of more of this actually growing up in Arkansas. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> listen, this guest that we're going to bring on today, y'all, is like, as we're looking at him right now, he's got the Super Bowl, he's got the Lombardi trophy right there, right in the back. He's become a friend of mine. I'm proud to say through the whole Josh Roy circle, they're neighbors to Josh's manager. And so we always end up spending time together over cocktails. And I got to wear the Super Bowl ring. Oh, nice. And I just can't wait to bring this person on. And he's got a new book out called Move or Die. I think every artist, every songwriter needs to read this book. I mean, this is going to change. So this is one of those life changers. And it's not even that big, right? It's not that huge of a book. But before we get to him, and we'll introduce them. Let's take care of a little business here. Join the Climb community if you haven't done so. It's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Climb community. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in. And as long as you just put everything where it's supposed to be put and you're not trying to spam the crap out of us, <laughs> you shan't be roadhoused out. But we will if you do. So we want to hear about everything. Your new music coming out. We want to hear about your gigs. We want to hear about your wins. And we always share the wins, or at least a couple of them, on the show. Mm. So what do we got today, Brian? Yeah, a couple of our new heights. Recently, one is from climber Paul DeMarco, friend of the climb, guest, former guest, actually, on the show. Says, it was great being on Brent's Play for Publisher event, and even better for Michael August to love the song Kay Williams and I wrote opening doors so that's awesome yeah paul and Kay and chad williams i believe was his name they wrote a song that made it to the songwritingpro.com's play for publisher event with michael august of demolition music and he thought it was cool as all get out i did too that's why i put it in the top 10 and so he wants to follow up and hear more of their stuff so good on you good on you paul go the song is a jam i love it the song man is a jam it's called yeah. I won't even I, love I, won't, that guy. I won't give anything away. I'll wait till y'all hear it on the radio. He's a grinder. That's show. our guest on the show. This guy's DeMarco's a grinder. He yeah, grinds. Love it. Did me so good to see Michael August, the publisher, be like, Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, yeah, like these are my these like the kids are doing good. <laughs> so I'm like please, rooting please. for him, you know, like you better like this. Come on, get one for Paul. Yes. Okay. So anyway, it's all good. Uh, let's see, we'll get another one here real quick. So this one is from climber Carrie Edwards and says, this one's kind of funny. I took my looper slash harmonizer out of the box. It's been in since I ordered it three months ago. I get intimidated by technology and buttons and stuff. So I finally put on my big girl pants and set it up and started playing around with it. I watched some YouTube tutorials and I'm getting there. I haven't quite gotten the sound of it out of it yet. I was hoping for, so I'm not ready to take it to gigs, but I'm sure it's possible. I just have to embrace making the time to learn it. So Carrie, that is awesome. Got to go through the grind to get to the good stuff so i'm proud of you so carrie edwards paul demarco congrats and keep on climbing all right i love it well let's just hey man follow the podcast subscribe to the podcast tell a friend about it let's get down to business here mm -hmm. our guest today as i said has overcome incredible hurdles started out as a high school well first of all went to school on a scholarship for football after they told him they'd never run because he had a foot deformities when he was born i think both feet if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. and He's had worked his way up to being football coaches, then into strength coaching at USC, battled several almost life-ending accidents, cancer, specifically Hodgkin's disease, ends up with Pete Carroll at USC, turns that team around and does like an incredible, incredible job, which leads them both to carry on to Seattle Seahawks, gets a Super Bowl ring. Please welcome to the show. He's now a motivational speaker and an author, 
everybody, Chris Carlisle. Welcome to the hey. climb. Hey, guys, Chris. thanks for having me. Thanks for that. that, was a, that was a, I learned a lot just in that, what, seven minutes right there. That was pretty What cool. about yourself? Nice. You forgot all that? No, <laughs> Man, I'm already ready to run through a wall. So <laughs> I went to the University of Tennessee. I coached at the University of Tennessee when they won the national championship there also. Yeah. So I got a, I got a little Tennessee roots. Okay, now so I got to tell you, I'm an Arkansas fan. I was just talking to someone yesterday about the 98 game, the Clint yeah. Sterner and the, the fumble. We should have had y'all. Should have had y'all never. Should, you, uh, uh, <laughs> I guess yeah. her strength and conditioning was just a hair better. That, that, that must have been that the difference. That was the difference. Now, I, I was at the University of Arkansas, too. I got my graduate, my master's degree from the University of Arkansas. Oh, woo pig, so, baby. You know, I've got, I've got all, my wife from Arkansas. Okay, see, so you're all good now. You're in the family. Yeah, my wife's from Blyville. So, you know, and nice. we say right. We don't say Blytheville. No. <laughs> Blyville. It's on the That's east right. side, you know, just an hour north of Memphis. And, yeah. And we used to go down to Memphis in May uh-huh. and the Blues Festival in June. Mm-hmm. And then during the time, we'd hang out on Beale Street. What an amazing fell in love with a blues on Beale Street. Mm-hmm. And the gentlemen on the street corners with just a small little amp and a speaker, and they were just playing what they loved. And how cool is that? Yeah. You get to watch people do they were making dollar here dollar there but they were doing it because it was their passion how about that yeah yes how many people play music because i get paid for it and not because this is my passion i'll do this stuff for free yeah, Heck yeah. i talk about my career they paid my wife so i could go do what i did i'm not kidding about it you ask my wife she'll tell you i have no idea how much money i made during my career mm-hmm. i had a contract i would sign it because somebody said, well, we're going to give you money. Great. Do I get to work with the athletes? <laughs> hey, man. Do I get to? There was no got to in me. Yeah. yeah. There was a get to opportunity that was going to help people achieve their dreams. Think about what you do, Johnny. Think about what you do, Brent. Every day, you're helping people move along their path to accomplish their dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no better job. Well, I don't even call it a job. Who works anymore? I mean, this right. is great. Go ahead. That's awesome. We were just talking on the podcast the other day that dropped, I guess, a couple of weeks ago at this point, but the seed, the song, and the songwriter about a lot of the time, the pay is getting to do more of the work. Yeah. yeah. That's the pay. The other stuff feeds the family, but for me, the pay is you get to do it again. Oh, sweet. Yeah. 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 So I'm feeling you there. Yeah. She was happy. She had a beautiful mm-hmm. house and she had all this stuff. And so when I came home to my, my space, <laughs> then she was happy. Well, happy wife, happy life. My life was amazing. That's awesome. Still is. That's awesome. I'm doing what I want. Right. Lovely line too. They always, they live right across the street, man. We've had a lot of late nights over whiskeys <laughs> talking about everything under the sun, man. And I just, I mean, you know how hyped up I get, how motivated I get, and just felt so motivated being around Chris. I'm like, dude, you've got to be on the podcast because everything that you talk about is directly applicable to anybody chasing a dream. But we're specifically speaking to songwriters, to indie artists, and there's less and less gatekeepers that are standing in the way of an artist who wants to make a decent living mm-hmm. doing what they were born to do. It used to be you need a couple big pieces of permission to really reach the audience, and now you don't. So what's left is the artists and the songwriters getting in their own way. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing keeping them from doing what they want to do. And that's exactly what this book is about, Move or Die. I love the way you put things in there. It was amazing. And I love some of the quotes that you use in this book just like hit me over the head because I had never heard them before. But that one from Martina Navratilova, the difference between involvement and commitment is like ham and eggs. The chicken is involved. The pig is committed. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that before. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. 
Are you committed to doing that? How many people are committed to their passion, their career, their life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or is it something they do on the side? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, something, it's a hobby. Right. Well, if it's a hobby, fine. Then go work your eight to five and do that and then go do your hobby. Mm-hmm. But if you have a passion, if this consumes you, then do what it takes to become and not just good enough. Mm-hmm. Why, why don't we talk about good enough? Be the best. Mm-hmm. Yep. Change the industry. Just sitting and talking with Johnny when he's been in town, we talked about how radio is dying and the key is now social media. And I have found people, I mean, Ashley Cook, Chauncey Jones, Warren Ziders, mm-hmm. you know, people that I found on social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I listen to radio because I listen to my own music. Yep. You're right. I already have my phone synced in. I have my own playlist I want to listen to. But when I get on the internet, because my web person, uh, Celia Roy, said, you've got to be part of social media. When she put me into that, then all of a sudden, I found all these great artists and I've got like 7,000 songs downloaded. I can't play an instrument. Mm-hmm. And when I was in choir in eighth grade, Mr. Wiley heard that I wasn't in tune. So he put me between Rod Coyne and Scott Gone, and they were the best singers in school. And I threw them off tune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling you, brother. I'm feeling you. And so we were singing the night Chicago died. There's a siren. And so he had like a synthesizer where I had to push a button. I couldn't even keep tempo with that. So he said, here, go stand in the back and just move your lips, but don't sing. (laughs) I love music. I mean, it's amazing. When I work, I can't have music that has a memory to it because I'll get lost in the memory. So I play a lot of meditational music that I have Mm -hmm. no connection to. So I can go ahead and write because if a song comes on that I have something tied to, I'll stop and start thinking about the moment that song came on and what I was doing at that time. That's what music does to me. It lifts me, it drives me, it pushes me forward. Yeah. So I love what you guys do. I'm just a huge fan of music of any genre and just, you guys are just pushing the ball forward. I love it. Oh, thanks. You start to see like the kind of conversations we're having now, like what he's known Josh for a long time and, mm-hmm. and Dennis and Diana Petty, who are Josh's managers. Mm-hmm. And this is the stuff we're talking about. Now we're seeing Josh who's been making his living as an artist for quite a while now, but he plateaued, right? A little bit. And then it was time to, it's time to get scared again Mm. and reach out and get into some deep, into the deeper end of the gene pool, which he did. And that was our first meeting. That's what I wanted to see was straight up. Was he going to move or die? Right. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see what he had in him. And so we took him two places. I took him to the music row freak show where he's going to see just a slew of artists that were going to be way better than he is right now on his journey. And then to a live recording session. And they were having some frustrations with their recording process down in Arizona, which is where Chris resides from. And I want to see, like, is he going to fold? Or is he going to be like, oh, is this where the bar is at? Oh, hell, I can do that. Like, hold on a second. Hold my beer. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. And we had that fight in him. He had that desire in him. And, and had that dog in you. Yeah. Like, you talked about that in your book the first time you met. I'm brain farting on his name now, but your quarterback for Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Russell um, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. yeah, Russell Wilson. Yeah. And Russ came in. Russ was, was 5'10 and three quarters. He's not even 5'11. Yeah. In a league that's dominated by six foot five quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And the thing that he had different was that he's a winner. And all he wanted to know was when he sat down with me was, did he have a chance with me? You know, am I giving him a chance? Or am I shutting the door on it? Just because of its height. And I said, right. I don't have a dog in the hunt. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I'm here to lift you as far as you want to be lifted. Mm-hmm. 
And he took it and ran. And he's struggling with the Broncos right now. Hey, they fired their coach after one year. They've got issues internally. It's not Russ. It's everything around him that's not working because Russ is a tremendous, not only quarterback, but a human being. The whole movement. Yeah. And hey, he's got the damn Super Bowl ring to prove it, man. Well, Nobody you know, how, many, how many Pro Bowls was he in? Yeah. I mean, just a dominant quarterback because he's driven. And we go back to that passion thing. The mover die. And mover die came from, I found a study from Texas A&M that studied how far back did this need for us as human beings to move. And it goes back to when we were coming out of the, the primordial ooze and that we we're chasing the animals across the, the savannas that all of a sudden became imprinted in our DNA that we needed to move. Mm-hmm. Now, if we didn't move, we died. Now, think about it. We can't move north or south, east or west, up or down. We've been to the Mount Everest. We've been to the moon. We're going to Mars. We're been to the, down at the bottom of the Mariana Trail. There's no physical place for us to move, but that doesn't stop us. Why is there so much heart disease? How many, uh, all the diseases we're having, the weight problems, all the issues we're having, because as a society, as a culture, as a human race, we stopped moving forward Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we stop pushing ourselves grinding doing the things that we talk about in my book i define a grinder as one who doesn't think enough is enough Mm -hmm. yeah and it goes back to my crayons i used to color so hard that my pictures became three-dimensional with all the crayon wax on it, right? Because enough wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And so look at your talents. Look at what you do better than everybody else. And I call them your crayons mm. because we all understand crayons. Yeah. There's the eight back and the 16 and the 48 and the 120 with the, with the, pe- the crayon sharpener in the back. Now, here's a cool thing. I'm an eight crayon guy. I understand that. Mm-hmm but I'm going to use my eight crayons more than anybody else's. I'm going to outwork everybody. That's where I came from. I started hard. Johnny's already talked about some of the things I had to grow through and that didn't stop me. Mm-hmm. That just gave me impetus to go on. Now here's what bothers me, fellas, is that those people with 120 crayons in the box and you look at their box and two thirds of them aren't even being used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. All right. Their skills, their talents, their abilities, they're not even pushing themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need a mental death. I need, you know, time off. No, mm-hmm. if you're grinding, you're grinding. Hey, I've got to play two shows today. So what? <laughs> All right. Congratulations. You Are you getting paid to play? You get yeah. paid to play? Your no, you're yeah. to listen to you twice. Lucky you. Mm-hmm. You're on your way. So check this out. Cause I, I love this Brent. You and I talk a lot about mindset mm-hmm. and reframing. What does this make possible as opposed to what, what just happened? Me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What was mm-hmm. me? We talk about, a lot of people talk about their job. It's a grind, right? It's a grind. And I use that term and I use it in that exact context, like in the sense of those words are in that order, <laughs> but it's not in a negative light, right? It's in a positive light, but it's a grind. And so he just, in the book, he puts the definition of grind and it's just like so perfect right here. Grind, to reduce to powder or small fragments by friction, mm-hmm. to weaken or destroy gradually. Mm-hmm. That's the grind. Yeah. Some people think it's weakening and destroying me gradually. Right. And we're like, the way we use it is like, no, we're weakening and destroying whatever obstacle is in our way to have a breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Find those things, those problems in your life, those big things I can't get around. When you grind those down, then, and this is, uh, this, this is so airy fairy here, but you take those pieces and you grind them down to foundation for you to build your house on, your life, your passion, your, your career on. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can't build a great career off a weak foundation. So take those problems, grind them down to gravel, and then go ahead and you have a firm foundation to build off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Skyscraper was never built on an outhouse foundation. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You've got to go ahead and have a huge foundation to go as high as you want to go. I know that sounds all fine and dandy, but I came from that. Mm-hmm. I was a high school football coach. Hey, I'll go back. When I was eight years old, I told my friend Nate Lau, I'm going to win a Super Bowl. Now, it took me 40 years to get there. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to grind for 40 years to get where you want to be? Yeah, that's right. All right. I had I moved nine times, nine different jobs, never got fired, mm-hmm. and had one, one job interview my whole career. <laughs> my first job coming out of college, I had an interview from that. Ever since then, everybody's come to get me because they wanted me part of their program because of what I brought. That's awesome. So when you're going out there every night and you're grinding, you're playing, you're writing or whatever it is, go ahead and do that work because somebody's going to see you and say, I want that person on my team because they don't whine, they don't complain, they don't make excuses. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, Chris, on that note, on that note, will you share with us because it sounds like, oh, wow, great. He won a Super Bowl ring. like but, but, man, this was not a perfect journey in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not talking about the outside forces that were obstacles in your life. But let's just talk about, like, we had a long discussion one night about how you changed your coaching strategy and how you were getting in your way. Would you share a little bit of that with us? Because these are lessons that he learned on his journey that kept the ascent going. So in my first 11 years of coaching, and this is this is something that you can go ahead and hang your hat on, my career record was 33-77-1. You hire me, you can assure yourself of three wins. Yeah. Think about it. Three wins right here, buddy. <laughs> hire me. Like I said, I only had one interview, okay? And people thought, well, this guy's going to finally come out of it. So we're going back to Arkansas here, okay? Mm-hmm. So I get a job at Subiaco Academy, which is a boarding school in western central Arkansas run by Benedictine monks, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've always said, God put you where you need to be. Yep. And so the weight room had a large fan. Well, it was a chicken house fan. Okay. Chicken house fans are covered on one side and are open all the way around. When I plugged it in, sparks came out. Now, Marion Carlisle did not raise a stupid kid, okay? Hey, I'm not going to pull that. I'm not going to get electrocuted and die in this situation. So when the boys went out to go ahead and throw the football around, this is my first day working with the players in July, I thought I'm going to switch the motor off. Well, here's a little thing for you people out there. There's no switches on chicken house fans, okay? Mm-hmm. You're they're plugged into the electricity, and you have a switch somewhere else in the building. This was a fan, and I looked on the fan. I leaned in, and that stainless steel fan hit me here. I bent it at a 90-degree angle. Oh. It crushed my skull, knocked uh, skull fragments into my brain, tore my brain. I didn't get knocked out. My mother said, I'm hard-headed, and she was right. Didn't knock <laughs> me out, okay? So they put it all. This is all titanium here, okay? And so from that point where my record was 3377 and 1, I had one tool in my toolbox. I was a yeller. I was actually called the designated yeller. I made up some of the words you say when you stub your toe. I made them up. (laughs) And so I could intimidate a young athlete very quickly because I'm six foot one. I'm a big weight room guy. And so when the doctor was checking me out to go to practice starting in August, he said, okay, you can't lift weights. You'll strain inner cranial pressure. Mm-hmm. going to kill you. You can't sneeze. It clucked you up is what it did. It clucked you up. You can't, you can't, you can't hold a sneeze in inner cranial pressure. 
going to kill you. Oh, gosh. You can't have contact, intracranial pressure, and you can't yell. Oh, What? Did that last part? Well, let, me, let me go back to my toolbox. Yeah. I open it up. My sledgehammer was gone. <laughs> I had no other tools in there. There was, it was no, there was nothing in there. So I went out in my first practice, and I can only speak at this level. And in the first time in my career, the athletes didn't rear back. They leaned forward because they wanted to listen. They wanted to hear. They wanted to get better. They wanted to be led. They didn't want to be bullied. They wanted a teacher. And from that point on, my record went to 251, 87, and 1. Won championships at the high school level, junior college level, three at the college level, and a Super Bowl because I changed the way I went. I had arrogance, ignorance, and inflexibility, the three deadly bullets that kill so many careers. Mm -hmm. I had to go ahead and work through those three. And it took God's grace to put a chicken house fan through my head to change me because I wouldn't know. Bring you laughing. I promise you, God takes you, and I know I'm getting up on my pulpit here, but God takes you and he pushes you, he kind of nudges you down your path. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're hard-headed and you're arrogant and you're ignorant and you're inflexible, he doesn't take a rolled-up newspaper and put it, he takes a chicken house thing (laughs) (laughs) in my head. Because if that hadn't happened, if I hadn't gotten that gift, I would have not been able to change the way I was because it was so rooted in my life. I had Vince Lombardi. I had Bobby Knight. Mm -hmm. I had Woody Hayes as the people I wanted to be. Two things they had in common, championship coaches. And volume. Yeah. 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 And so if I yelled louder, my team would win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the grace of God, and too many people look at that. Oh, you know, woe was me. Too, I don't. I can't do. I can't do. No, no. You're being tested, mm-hmm. and that's great mm-hmm. because people don't waste tests on people that aren't going to go ahead and you don't care about. Yeah. You're being tested to see how much you're willing to put up with, and how are you going to find that way over that wall, under the wall, around the wall. Yeah. So when you look at the hard times, that's okay. Yeah. When I was a GA in Arkansas, I made $400 a month. Mm-hmm. Rent was four fifty. dollars <laughs> yeah. I only got paid 10 months of the year, all right? But because of that job, it got me into the other jobs that took me along my path to accomplish my dream 40 years after I made it. Yeah, man. I think taking that sledgehammer out of your toolbox, a lot of people would just be like, all right, well, that's it. Luck of the draw. That's my excuse that I get, I get to use. Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. I'm not even 5'11". That's my excuse when things go wrong and not to try. Me, oh, you're talking about you singing. Like, I can feel your pain, brother. I'm not a singer either. And so what am I doing? I'm in the music business, Mm -hmm. and I don't really sing or play. So built-in excuses all day long. We're all excuse factors. Like, we have them all day long, all we want them. But that's no excuse. All your excuses are no excuse. That's right. Excuses like butts. Everyone's got one. They all stink. Exactly. (laughs) Here's something scary, fellas, and this is some research I've done on this. We have sixty to eighty thousand thoughts going through our head in a single day. Sixty to eighty thousand. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. All right. Here's the problem: eighty percent of those thoughts we're putting through our head are negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're feeding ourselves negative information, and the same message is going through ninety-four percent of the time. Mm. Now, if you're around somebody that eighty percent of their time they were telling you you suck, you can't do it, you are, are worthless, this is a waste of time, you wouldn't stand next to them. Right. You'd take them out of your phone. You'd block them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there you go. You look in the mirror and you go, oh, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Hey, I got the face for radio. All right? <laughs> so we get to do this. I know who I am. I've got eight crayons. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to use them better and harder and longer than anybody else is willing to. That's how I got my career. 
wasn't and that's so true for creatives for when we can look at at artists that who are like hall of famers all timers that aren't great at everything they don't have the box full of crayons but they know there are a couple of things that they do world class same thing with some writers like this person's a lyricist or this person's great at i was listening to an interview with tom douglas like he's really great at being empathetic and feeling the emotions of who he's writing with and that sort of thing like people have these different skill sets very few people have the 128 crayon with a sharpener in the box and use all of them effectively like you can have a good career on a couple crayons if you just really hone them right yeah and for you so i think about climbers and i think about who are artists, who are songwriters. And the one tool that they have is, well, I write songs or I'm an artist. I go out and I play live mm -hmm. and I do this. And then they're struggling to grow that business to a place where they can do that full-time, do their passion full-time, do what they were born to do full-time. And where we come from so much on this podcast is just constantly showing people and encouraging people like, look what happened here. All of a sudden we had from 2021 to 2020 with 3,100 more artists that got paid at least $50,000 just in streaming, just from Spotify. Mm -hmm. 3,100 more artists. We did not sign 3,100 artists in one year and 3,100 signed artists did not come to fruition and start to make money in these are indie artists that are figuring it out just like you are, but you have to put other tools in the toolbox. And it was easy to a degree when it was just, hey, you have a lot of talent, the record label's going to sign you, and they're going to handle the marketing, and they're going to handle all that other stuff, and you just got to show up and they tell you what to do. But guess what? That also comes in the context of an industry that's extremely opaque. Mm-hmm. It's very shady. There are a lot more horror stories out there than there are success stories, right? Even for the record labels, only 5% of their artists made any money. Mm -hmm. I mean, in what freaking business is it a business, a successful business model? 95% of the shit we make loses money. <laughs> I mean, that is just, it's astoundingly on balance, but now you can do it for yourself, but you have to know that you don't have certain tools and that if you grind on those tools that you don't have, because you are a smart person and you will figure it out, but you have to persevere through the learning curve part of it, which just always blows. You know, I remember the when I first got Pro Tools, it was, I had sort of made a half step from analog to digital using what they called ADATs back in the day, which was still tape, mm -hmm. right? So it was still tape, Chris. It was basically videotape and you were recording digitally to videotape. So it wasn't that I was a purist, but I knew how to record analog. And Pro Tools was just, because it was this new tool and it took me a long freaking time to learn how to sort of master that tool. And I probably still only maybe know like 75% of the capabilities of that tool because I'm not a professional mixer mm -hmm. or engineer. But the thing to me was, the problem for me was, it was I couldn't move at the speed of my creativity, hmm. right? I was being hindered by the new tool that was supposed to be better in the beginning because I had to learn it because I wasn't an immediate it wasn't a muscle memory, man. I had to think about it. Mm. And that just gets in the way of your momentum. But you know what? I know so many, even analog purists now that are like, wow, 
Pro Tools is really the way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, because it's just so much easier once you learn how to do it. So for your marketing, like you've got to grind and figure out a way. And what we want to give you on the podcast are the fundamentals. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. And you talked a lot about fundamentals in the book, Chris. When this happens, I can't remember what the steps are, but the last step was then the fundamentals break down. And when the fundamentals break down, everything goes sideways, right? Mm -hmm. And that is the short answer for your key to success. And (laughs) that was my dog. (laughs) Who just came in for a kiss and a a belt and a microphone. Johnny, let me ask you one thing. Let me ask you one thing. And and Johnny, you were talking about going through and the growing pains of changing the way you thought. Did you do that all by yourself or did you have somebody with you that helped you? Nope. I had somebody with me. So here's what I did. Like, cause I didn't, wanted it was too big of a task to do it myself so i had a very good friend of mine at the time who was a ninja in pro tools and he lived in tennessee at the time i lived in los angeles he lived in nashville so i would fly him out and i looked at it like paid coaching right i would fly him out and because we were always looking for excuse to get together and hang out and have cocktails and have a good time because we just we're friends i would pay him the bro rate to come out but i paid him to like mix my stuff with the specific condition of I get to be like up your ass. Like, hey, wh- hold on a second. What did you do right there? What was that keystroke that you did that just made this magic happen? Well, here's what I did. And so that's how I like really learned the tool from a coach. Okay. So you invested in yourself yeah. by bringing in somebody else. Brent, you have people that you bring in that help you with this stuff. Mm-hmm. I had people because we can't do this task is too big mm-hmm. to do it by yourself yeah yeah and so you have to not only know your what your crayons okay what makes you different what makes you special but you have to also understand your who mm-hmm. yeah who are the people that are with you and i talk about a quote from al capone and al capone was asked about the people you hang around and al capone would said i'd rather have four quarters and a hundred pennies <laughs> I'd rather have four quarters and a hundred oh, they all equal a dollar but think about it if you're going to carry a dollar in your pocket you want a hundred pennies 
or do you want four quarters? Yeah. All right. right. So those four quarters have great value, but the thing those four quarters have to have, they've got to be able to tell you your truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not something your friend who helped you with your corny, he didn't have an alternative motive that, hey, if I get Johnny doing this, I get to make more money off of him. No, no, no. Yeah. If I can help Johnny move along the path, if I can help Brent move along the path, I've helped my friend along. Mm-hmm. And if you turn something back to your friend and you listen to it, and it was a piece of crap. He can, hey, Johnny, good job. No. Right. He said, Johnny, you know, you didn't have this turned on. You didn't have this turned on. Yeah. And, and so, and so, yeah, you got to eat a lot of crap along the way. Yeah. But understand those people who are there that aren't that 80% of negative, but are those people that are willing to say, hey, step back a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about this. Because like I said, I'm going to reiterate, you've got to have help in this climb of yours in, in your passion you can't do it by it'd be great if we could mm-hmm. yeah but it's not that way today and so it's okay as for at the help. end of the day when you do something that is difficult and you do it really really well that's the fascination right especially as a performer as a songwriter that's where people are blown away it's the pride isn't in I did it myself and I'm going to take 20 extra years to learn it myself, Hmm. man. I just want to get to the part where I can do the thing really, really good Mm -hmm. and make it work like that. And and you're right. I remember one of those specific. I want to do it good, Johnny. I want to do it great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's my, yeah. If we're going to do something, let's do it better than it's ever been done. I remember like one of those moments with Kelly in there. I had switched from just because I'm recording like in a house now with kind of a makeshift studio. And there's this company called Line 6 that had like these digital guitar sounds. This is before we had these new things that are out now that are like amp modelers, which are really, really good, which a lot of people use. It was kind of the very first sort of amp modeler, but it was like, it was all digital. And sonically, they sound good by themselves, but they were thin. They sucked. So out there with Kelly and we're mixing, I'm like, where the hell are my guitar sounds? Like, why are my guitars coming through? And he's like, because you use that damn amp model instead of putting a mic in front of a speaker. <laughs> Back to fundamentals. Move some freaking air, <laughs> and then your sound's going to be fat and take up the space in your mix that you want it to be. And I was like, damn, I just got schooled on that. Take a note. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's okay. Last time I've ever used one of those freaking things. Like, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay that yeah. you got schooled. Yeah. And, and, and you've got to be open enough. And, and I write in the book about how I'm, I'm the king of stupid questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I don't know... I'm going to ask mm-hmm. because it may be that single piece of the puzzle that puts things, all of them together. Yep. And I tell a story about when Peyton Manning had just been drafted and he got drafted on a, uh, like a Friday or Saturday. And on Monday he was back in the building with the Colts playbook. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's the kind of worker he was. So I was walking through the halls and I saw somebody in the film room and, the, and it was moving the film back and forth, back and forth, back and, and forth. And this is all contextually. This is at UT, right? The university of Tennessee. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he gets drafted from University of Tennessee. He's now on the Colts, and he's got the playbook. He's coming back into UT right. to do what? To do film work. Okay, yeah. He wanted to go ahead. And so he was watching a safety, and he kept rolling. I love this story. And I, and I asked a question to him. I said, simply, what you doing? Yeah. So I'm trying to find this safety's give mm. because everybody has a give. It's like when they talk about the Beatles, that when they later in their career, when they couldn't hear themselves, that Ringo could watch John or Paul and they would, this their body language would 
bring him into the next switch. Mm, yeah. All right. Because he couldn't hear it. Yeah. All right. So everybody has to give, whether you're a musician or whether you're a football player. And so he was watching the safety to, to figure out when he went from cover two to cover three. And I know I'm getting deep in football here, but it's a shift of the defensive backs. And it really helps the quarterback to understand where people are going to be so he can throw the ball. Make a better decision. Yeah. yeah. And so he was looking for this minute point. But it helped me understand that when I was coaching, you have to find the little things. And Johnny was talking about fundamentals. I have in my teaching hierarchy, how to, how fast, how much. How to is all about fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That when your fundamentals, it doesn't matter how fast you can play the guitar, all right, or how fast you can write songs, or how many you can write. Once fundamentals break down, that sound and those notes won't come together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So understand your fundamentals, how to, how fast, how much. And when you get that right, everything flows and things can be really special. But that's part of the process that we have in sports, in music, it doesn't matter, or in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got to go ahead and keep everything in your fundamentals so you know what you're doing within your crayon box. Well, now, I, mm -hmm. you have your who. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry, I was going to say with the, the fundamentals, sometimes songwriters try to impress you. I can write a song right now. I can write a song in three minutes. I've written 5,000 songs this month. Whatever. And it's like, I don't care. That's not impressive if your fundamentals aren't there. If there are 5,000 amazing songs, then I am completely impressed. <laughs> right. But I'm more impressed by one great song than I am by, oh, I've written 500 mediocre ones. Okay, so yeah, yeah if your fundamentals are not there, it doesn't matter how fast you're doing it. That's not impressive to the pros that how many songs you've written or how fast you write. I don't care. That's not how I measure success. That's not, it's like putting up a lot of yards, but you're not scoring. Yeah. We put up a lot of yards, two plays in a row, and then we turn it over. Great. <laughs> it's like, I'm not impressed. That's not helpful. We didn't get there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, so that give that you're talking about that Peyton Man was looking for, you can compare that to a tell in poker. They call yeah. it tell mm -hmm. poker, right? Mm -hmm. right? And that's it. And so uh, just finish that story. How long was he in that film room for? He was in there for hours. He, he eventually came by and he stopped. He looked in the office. I said, what was it? He goes, his shoulder. He turned his shoulder when he was going to cover three just before the snap. Hmm. Yep. And so when he saw the shoulder turn, he knew he was going to cover three. And now he knows not to throw it in this part of this area. He gave his hand away. He, yep. he got two kings and I got two aces. Because yep. I know I'm going to throw to Harrison right down the seam because he's <laughs> dropping out. Yeah. How about that? But that's what made Peyton Manning great. Yeah. He wasn't a great athlete. He just outthought everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we played them in Indy or played them in Denver, when he went out there, the crowd was quiet. Yeah. And he would go through and he would call plays. He'd look at what you're doing and go, <laughs> we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forget the play I called in the huddle. We're doing this. Yeah, here comes the audible. Yeah. Now, on the road, it was tough. We go, I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. First play of the Super Bowl with, he was with the Broncos. Ball zips by his head because they couldn't hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. The sound was so much. They thought, well, we're outside. The Broncos are supposed to win. So Seattle's not going to be there. Well, they just happened to be in the Seattle section. And the Seattle Seahawks did bring a bunch of fans to New York. And they didn't hear the switch. The ball zims by. We get a safety. They kicked us. And we won the game by a, a lot. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't Peyton's fault. But it was just it changed his dynamic that he couldn't call plays on the line of scrimmage. So, so that's yeah. football it's like the, it's the 12th man, right? Yeah. The crowd when it's like, so when it's so loud, Yeah, they are, they are dominant and they are amazing. Mm -hmm. So, so you, it's, it's like being in Knoxville. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 104,000. Yeah. Yeah. And you're playing in Nayland, which is like a coffee can. Mm -hmm. 
and the noise just circles in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Paul Allen built that stadium in Seattle that the music, uh, the sound would go down. Now, a concert, not very good at all unless you're on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're up in the stands, terrible because the noise is not coming down it's to so you. It's reflective. Back around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's built for football not for concerts. I saw Kenny Chesney there, saw you 2 there, and it was one of those things that standing on the floor, it was great because everything came back to you. Yeah. All right? But sitting in the bleach, I was up in a box for you 2 and it was just terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You lost the noise. Yeah. So you're talking about the first, the the fundamental, and then the the who? Is that where you're moving on yeah, to? how to, how fast. How to and how fast, and you were moving on to another yeah. point we stepped on you. So. <laughs> no, that's right. And then, and then how much? But, right. but no, you know, and we're talking about the, the what and then the who are the who's there to help you. Mm-hmm. And then you have the why. What's your end point? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Yeah. We talk about that 60 to 80,000 messages, and I stopped, Johnny, and I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but let's stop using the word good. Mm, yeah. No, let's not be good. If you're going to do it, if you're going to go ahead and give your passion, if your life and everything, don't be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My manager, my neighbor, Dennis Petty and his wife, Diana, they're amazing chefs. And when Dennis is working, there's no good about it. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing. All right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, if you say it's good, he's going to look at you like, what did I do wrong? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> look at your life. Because his standards are high. And when he's working with Josh Roy, it's the same way. When he's working with me, it's the same way. Yeah. It's the way that you go about your work that makes it essential to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you just want to be a good player, fine. Be good. Don't bother me with it. Right. If you want to be great, then go ahead and give me a call. And we're going to talk about being great every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a movie called Whiplash. Oh, and it's yeah. A- Okay. My wife and could not handle that. We started watching it, and my wife had to oh, bail it's, out. It's she was amazing. like, I can't, I can't. I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's it. It's, it's on. Hey, yeah. But this guy drives. Everybody misses. Oh, he's so mad. Yeah, yeah. He's looking for the next Charlie Parker. Yes. Yeah. And he tells us a story about Charlie Parker, and then he goes to a cut session, and he's playing because he's a young kid, and he thought he was great, and he was so bad. Joe Jones drummer throws a cymbal at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the story says, you know, the book, the movie says at his head, the story is actually at his feet. Mm. It's like, stop that crap and get out of here. Now the story goes that Joe Jones could have told Charlie Parker. Yeah. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was good. And Charlie Parker would have left and went, mm, yeah, good job. I did good. But because he was told the truth for the next year, he went out and worked it and he came back a year later and blew the roof off and became Bird, Charlie yeah. Bird Parker at mm-hmm. that moment because somebody told him the truth. Yeah. Right. He said it was good. So when we're talking about this positive messaging to yourself, hey, if it's good, that wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. How can we get better? How can we take it to the next step? Mm-hmm. When I was working at Tennessee or at USC or in Seattle or Trinity Valley Community College or in a high school setting, I never shot for good. Good wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. All right, good's gonna make you 33, 77, and one. <laughs> yeah. And that's not even good, but that's three wins. Right. But 251, 87, and one with all those rings, and Johnny saw the box and everything, and they sit in a safe deposit box. I don't wear that stuff. Yeah. I, get, I pull it out when special people are coming by and they're, and they're into this. If type you wore of stuff. all your rings, your knuckles would be dragging on the ground, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you think Yogi Berra had a picture I saw you the other day? He had his 10 World Series rings on. Oh, my gosh. Right, Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. You know, how many championships did Bill Russell win? Right. All right, John Wooden. Now, those guys never accepted 
good enough. Mm-hmm. That's right. They were driven to be great. Now, if you want to be great, then push yourself. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes, that's right. Every day when those feet touch, say two things. Thank you. Thank Lord for letting me go one more day mm-hmm. to push myself a little bit farther. And then before you go to bed that night, you can't go to sleep because you're so excited about the next day. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can't wait because I'm on fire with this. Yeah. That's one way I look. That's way inside. Now, Johnny knows me as a different person because I'm a listener. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be the center. I like to be the peripheral because I'm, I'm a watcher. Mm-hmm. And that comes from coaching. Oh, you and Johnny are going to get along great then. I want to hear you. <laughs> Did you see why we're friends, Brett? Yeah. Oh, you're a listener. Okay, I get it now. I get it. But this is what I do mm-hmm. when I'm my motivational person. Right. And that when people ask me, hey, how can I make this better? Mm-hmm. Well, here's how you do it. You work harder than everybody else. Mm-hmm. You ask people for help. You persevere and you're resilient. You don't let stuff stop you. All right. You find it as a gift. I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, no. Okay. Hey, what a great gift. It helped me balance my life mm-hmm. because I was spending 90% of my time in my work and 10% with my family. Mm. I just had a son that was, he was just a year old when I was diagnosed. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I don't know how good of a father I'm going to be, but I know, I know I can be the best to him mm-hmm. All right? because I wasn't going to give up. So they stuck the needle in me. They said, you're not going to be able to work because I was, I, I was given a 40% chance to survive. All right. It was late enough. John Wayne threw all the symptoms, apparently. Yeah. I was sweating, tired. I was working 12-hour days. I was going to be tired. Right. He said, you're going to lose all your hair, which <laughs> I didn't have great hair to begin with. So. <laughs> <laughs> not a big loss. And I didn't lose it all. And you're not going to see sweating. about that is what you said. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks later, I got a call from Pete Carroll. I was at Tennessee when I was diagnosed, and the University of Tennessee Cancer Group, just thank God for you. They put me on the right meds and everything that got me, with the grace of God and the grace of medicine, just got me to where I I could be. But I went to work, and I worked 12-hour days, Mm -hmm. all right? I didn't tell anybody. It was between Pete and I, Pete Carroll and I. But wait, wait, wait. Before that, though, you had a really big opportunity that you were going to leave UT for, right? And then they found out that you got diagnosed. Yeah, I was the top number guy on their list. And they walked away. And we were going to the Cotton Bowl that year. Mm-hmm. And so I, I could stay at home and get two chemo sessions, or I could go to a bowl game, and there's nothing to do at a bowl game. You just kind of wait for the game. You walk through. You've already done a week or two of practice, so everything's already in the box. And so I stayed at home. So these coaches were all talking and everything, and they're, they're lifting me up because that, that team had come. And the new coach came to watch Tennessee practice in Dallas there. Mm-hmm. And they're talking me up saying, oh, yeah, he's great. You need to hire him. This is great. And my good friend, Condridge Holloway, came in, who was a director of football operations and a quarterback from UT, and came in. They said, yeah, we're talking about Carlisle. He said, yeah, too bad about the cancer. That school never talked to me again. Oh, wow. All right, they gave up on me. Now, Pete Carroll, during the interview, with, or the, during when he called me and said, hey, do you want to come out? I said, well, I got to tell you. Mm-hmm. I've been diagnosed with cancer. There's a pause. And he goes, is that going to change you as a coach? <laughs> I said, no, sir. He said, can you be here on Monday? Hmm. All right. That was Friday. So I got my chemo that day. We packed on Saturday. I got on a plane on Sunday. I was in the weight room on Monday. Okay. A year later, I'm cancer free. Five years later, or I was in remission. Five years later, I was cancer free. Awesome. Okay. Never miss a day of work. 
The doctors at UT carried me and, and made sure that I could get my flights in and get in. And I'd come in late on Friday and they'd go ahead and shoot me up. And then I would wait. And then Sunday I'd fly back to, and nobody knew but Pete and I, because I didn't want anybody to feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing to do, to have people around you. Oh, are you okay? Do you need to rest? No, 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 no. And then you're like, I, I guess I do. Say, How you doing? Yeah. And I'd say, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Okay. Now, did I feel like throwing up? Yeah. Was I tired? Yeah. I was giving myself Nuprogen shots in the morning to boost my white blood cell count. So I wouldn't, you know, I'd be able to go along and get my next dose. Wow. And then I went through radiation and Pete changed the meeting schedules so I could get back from my radiation session, which was five days a week for eight weeks to go ahead and get back for that. Okay. Wow. And so we're working together. And like I said, a year later, I'm in remission. Okay. But God gave that to me so I could find my balance. Mm-hmm. I found the cut my head in half so I could go ahead to be a better person, be a better teacher. Cut my head in half, but stop yelling at people. Everybody's going, oh, no, you've been afflicted. You you and Job are on the same path. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. When you have these problems, I, I'm going to repeat it again. You're being tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being tested is okay. And you can pray, oh, God, why are you doing this to me? Hey, the teacher is always quiet mm-hmm. when he's given a test. Yeah. All right. He's seeing how you respond to that. Mm. So when you're going through those hard times, it's like, okay, he trusts me that I can do because God will never put anything on your shoulder. You can't handle it. I love the dog. <laughs> Bravo. That's the like, uh, commentary of the day right there. But, but think about that. Yeah. Those gifts that you get sometimes, they look like they're wrapped in barbed wire. Yeah. But you find it. I think with your, your book titled Move or Die, I think of how your coaching thing after the fan incident, right? You had to move. You had to move around like the path is shifting. You thought you were going to take the path of yelling. Okay, I got to keep moving, though, because if I just stop, career dies, yeah, right? Evolve. So I got to move around yeah. like a shark. If it stops moving, it dies. Okay, I got to move around this. Okay, well, now I have this health issue, and but I'm still – I got to – move around it i mean you have to deal with it you got to move through it but it changes your path you don't just stop and go i guess that's it right i think about times when i had to go do sales for a while like after i'd already had songs on the radio or song on the radio and had publishing deals and stuff and then there came a wall where it's like i gotta go do some sales stuff how do i keep moving like the music stuff did not stop it hit a wall i had to like shake my head and go what happened there okay how do i now immediately like Okay, how do I find cracks in this wall so I can keep moving around it? And eventually led to, oh, I can do blogging and podcasting and what ended up becoming Songwriting Pro, which is like a different, now it's such a valuable part of my business and helped me get back into the music business. And it's a different way of of doing that. And it's through that it's presented opportunities that would not have even been on my radar if I just said, I just got to get a publishing deal and I just got to write songs and that's all, that's it. No, let me mm-hmm. move, keep moving, right? And, and we talk about vehicles mm-hmm. and for so long of my career, because you thought your focus in life was writing songs and getting, but all of a sudden you figure out that was just a vehicle mm-hmm. for me to help people along their path. I thought my whole thing was about winning championships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting on the plane on the tarmac. We had just won the Super Bowl less than 12 hours after that. We're sitting on the airplane and I'm working on the program for that's that we're going to start doing in April. This is January or February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm already I'm finishing up the program. I'm doing this on the airplane after we just won. <laughs> I'm not sitting there talking and, and letting it all flow. This was a dream I had for 40 years. Mm hmm. 
to win a Super Bowl. And so how do I celebrate? I'm getting ready for the next one. By the way, we did go. We got beat by the Patriots, but we did go again. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I sat back and looked around, and I thought, you know, maybe it's not about winning championships. So I really did a deep dive into myself, and I had to understand who I was. Mm -hmm. All right? what, what, How am I built? What's this? And I found out it was a vehicle. My coaching was a vehicle to help other people to obtain their optimal life, their goals, their dreams. The same thing Johnny works on, Brent, the same mm. thing you work on, okay? That may, hey, maybe this path, you know, the coaching thing, we're winning a lot, and that's cool. But maybe my real calling, really my that coaching was a vehicle that helped me help Russell Wilson become this. Mm -hmm. Or, or, or Marshawn Lynch become this. These guys are God's gift. They were gifted by God in certain ways. But everybody, like I said earlier, we all need to mm -hmm. be lifted. Yep. Well, it's kind of like the, the championships become the result of what you're doing. They're not the goal, but it's almost a side effect, a, a seek ye first, the kingdom, all these other stuff be added to you. You know, like mm -hmm. to make help men achieve their absolute potential. And boy, that sure makes winning easier. And that just kind of comes along with it. Right. I, I expect to win everything I do, though. Mm -hmm. With my book, I expected to be a bestseller and become a bestseller. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. I'd never written a book before. I had 600 pages of manuscript that I gave in, and it, and it turned out to be 186 pages. So there's like two books laying on the floor right now. <laughs> 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 but I had an amazing, again, who, who, who's your who? Well, mm -hmm. I have Katie Rios, who is the greatest editor ever. Mm -hmm. She she rode in on her unicorn and <laughs> shot holes in, but the nicest just cutting out. Hey, that's great. Maybe your next book, but it doesn't fit this narrative. Mm -hmm. Boom, cut it out, cut it out. And and after I read after her edits and everything that she cut stuff out, it made total sense. Yeah, you know, it's just amazing what she did. And and my stuff with my web page with Cecilia Roy and Snowdrop Creative, she is amazing and set up my web page. It has just brought so many people in to my world that are having the same problem. Mm -hmm. I'm stuck. I, I could do so much more. How do I get past this point? Yeah, that's awesome. And one thing I think about moving or dying too, and you talked about it earlier, just like the, all the health issues, like especially going on in the, in the Western world, you know, the obesity and, and people aren't moving. Mm -hmm. And I thought of this lately too, about so much of depression is a sense of progress helps you feel good. Right. A sense I'm, yeah. I'm making progress towards something. And that gives people not only like the dopamine and all that stuff, but also like mm -hmm. motivation. And I feel like this is and going hope. somewhere. There's hope. There's so in a way, move or die. Like if you have something you're chasing, something you're making and a feeling of progress, it's like my dad's before and I'm kind of the same way. It's like I can sit at a traffic jam and get there in 30 minutes, or I can take the side road and get there in 45 minutes. I'd rather take the 45 minutes. Why? Because I'm moving. Right? I'm moving. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting yeah. somewhere. Yeah. It, 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 it's going to take longer. I don't care. I, I'm moving. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the total truth. And th that whole idea that it's in our genetics. Mm -hmm. It's already proven our need to move. Mm -hmm. And so when we don't move, then we have depression and all the issues, physical problems. So if you're not feeling good, start to move physically. That's good. Start it there, but also set your goals. Now, I, I had the dream 40 years away, but I also had goals in between mm -hmm. that helped me stay on path. Right. Mm -hmm. And those are those short-term goals that helped me become, I want to sing on the Grand Ole Opry. Okay, boom, there, there it is on top. Mm -hmm. All right. And now I have my goals of how I get to get there. Right.
And when you accomplish those goals and you achieve a dream, and that's how I talk to people, you accomplish those goals. And so make sure those goals are attainable. And you might find that the goals are taking you somewhere else that maybe I am different than what I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And that's a great learning experience we have when we learn who we are. And that's the first thing we got to understand who we are, what are our traits and the people that are around us. Those are the three things that really, if you want to become great, know who you are, understand what your crayons are, what your great traits are, and then who are the people around us that are lifting us, mm -hmm. not pulling us back because there's too many people out there that want to see you fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, There's no saying that 50% 50 of the people don't care about your problem. The other 50 are glad you got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so there's too many people out there that because if you become successful, that diminishes them who they are. Right. And so they'll fight to hold you back. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's your haters right because there. Because they don't want you to achieve because it's comfortable to have that buddy sitting down there sharing my problems. Right. But if you climb that ladder, shoot your way up there, and I'm sitting down here, and people go, hey, weren't you and Brent friends at one time? Yeah. Yeah, we were. But now he's successful, and I'm still sitting here telling everybody the sad stories. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it shines a spotlight. Yeah. Those people that are there to lift you up that ladder and help you get to that next place so you can help somebody else come with you. Amen. That's the gap. So, Chris, where can everybody find you? Where can they find you? Where, where, where can they find this book? Well, you can find me at, it's on my website, www.thecoachcarlisle.com. And that's C-A-R-L-I-S-L-E, thecoachcarlisle.com. My book is on there. You buy it on there. I'll sign it and I'll send it out to you. I pay for the shipping and everything because I want you to have that book. You can get it on Amazon.com. It's cheaper there, but it's not signed. Mm -hmm. yep. So, you know, if you don't want to diminish the value of your book with my signature in it, well, then go. <laughs> <laughs> and how about your social media? I couldn't tell you all the stuff I'm on, but I'm on. It's the Coach Carlisle or Coach C. And it's on all the Instagram, it's on LinkedIn, it's on Facebook, and it's on uh, Twitter. Right on. So, and that's all. Cecilia Roy did that for me. She's amazing. Cool. <laughs> well, right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Man, I enjoyed this book. I really did. There's a lot of, there's a lot of value bombs in this book. Mm -hmm. And it got me, it got me motivated. I'm already motivated, but it got me more motivated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that and for you. And I'm going to strongly advise that one way or the other, whether you go to your website or whether you go to Amazon and get it, get it and get unstuck. Everybody's got hurdles. They got to get over. You got to be a better songwriter. You got to be a great songwriter. If you've got great music, it doesn't matter in less enough people hear it enough times to make a difference for them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, your organic approach to doing this with your music isn't going to cut it. That's me telling you the truth. Not going to cut it. Okay? Ask Guns N' Roses. You know, you don't have to like them, but they still got the best-selling debut album of all time that almost never was right. because nobody heard it. They mm -hmm. were a day away from being dropped before they spun that Welcome to the Jungle video on MTV and it changed the world. Proof positive that all these people, enough to set that kind of a sales record for a debut album, responded to that music when they heard it in such a profound way, but they wouldn't have heard it if it wasn't out there. Mm -hmm. And so it's not enough that you're creative. You, you have to get out there and like we keep preaching on the podcast, man, Believe it or not, the cool thing about this is if you embrace 
and grind your way through the uncomfortableness, the unfamiliarity, the foreignness, you know, how it's foreign to you of how to market your music and digitally and you stick to the fundamentals. It actually becomes a creative artistic itch Hmm. that to your point, Chris, you don't do it because you got to. You do it because you get to. Mm-hmm. You're like, I can't, you know, that's just as exciting as writing that song that you know is going to touch people and then figuring out a way to make that song touch people after it's been written and recorded. It's it's the same dopamine hit, man. It's awesome. So so get this book. Coach C, thank you so much yes, for, thank you. for spending the time. And that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode, guys. Yeah. This podcast exists because we want you to win, move or die. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.